back to uh, live in the studio current event topics. We're back. Congratulations oh. to Ep- that was lame. I had played it earlier, and it started back from where it's I had stopped it. Okay. Well, now we have to start all the way back over again. Hold so on. This will make it on the blooper reel. Zach doesn't know how to hit buttons. Uh, no, anymore. I hit it. Well, yeah. Well, what are we paying you for? <laughs> okay. All right. Do, do we start over with all the, with the music? Yep. yep. All right. Just take it from the top. All right, what hey, up, what up, hey. America? For the second time, take two. We are take two. back, and it shows uh, we are finally back talking about culture events. Hit the button, Zach. There it is. All right, we are back. Ladies and gentlemen, um, I appreciate you guys going with us through. Everybody said we want you to do more interviews. Well, by God, we, we got you a lot of interviews, and we had a lot of positive feedback from so many people had a lot of pastors reach out especially over the past couple weeks with all the pastors um today it's going to be a long day got a lot of things to talk about a lot of relevant news but we also got some biblical stuff to talk about as well um (laughs) my voice is already trying to go out so i'm going to talk to you kind of in the smooth way as much as i can because later on this afternoon i have another hour-long show i have to do where we're going to be mentoring young people that want to be business entrepreneurs so do i need to host today's episode you know what sure why not um all right know. take a zach where are we starting i don't know you didn't uh, tell me what we're doing okay exactly <laughs> all right so um it is wednesday um for most people in our state of south carolina school started back yesterday mm-hmm. so school has officially started here um it's uh it's always an interesting moment i'm curious let me know uh comment let, you know what leave us a comment uh anywhere that you can uh it helps us in the charts uh our podcast we have moved the podcast over to religion and spirituality and we're really excited about that because this is a christian current events show and uh, we just, after a lot of prayer, a lot of thought, we just really felt like God was was moving us out of the news category, uh, but not to stop talking about what's going on, but just to talk about it, because we normally do talk about it from a, a Christian biblical worldview. So now we're in uh, the charts there, et cetera. And so, yeah, subscribe if you haven't already. Do make, it. make sure you're getting the automatic download notifications. Uh, leave us a review. Leave us five stars. It helps more than you know. Um, okay. Okay, so anyway, back to school. So <clears throat> a lot of people have mixed reviews, especially moms. Moms like cry and stuff when their kids go back to school. Yeah. I think most dads are pretty pumped <laughs> when, <laughs> when their kids go back to school. I mean, you know, let's just be honest. I know that it helps my rhythm get back on rhythm because during the summer, my workout routines and everything get messed up uh, w- because what ends up happening is during the summer, I wake up. Uh, and this happens a lot. And if anybody goes to the gym and you have gym fatigue, like I get, uh, I will literally take my pre-workout, get all the way to the gym, 
But then by the time I get there, I'm no longer motivated to go in the gym and the kids are out of school. So I'll just say, forget it. And I'll just go straight to the office. Well, now that the kids are in school, I know that I have to go back to grab the kids and drop them off at school. So I might as well just go ahead and work out. So, so, so it actually helps me out a lot. But uh, this was an interesting time for me, for, for me because Gage started middle school. All right, guys, the economy is in trouble. And honestly, don't let Biden's team fool you that, oh, gas is in $3 and something. Well, it's still $2 higher than what it was before you got in there. And you also need to look at the green number, which is still right at or above $5 a gallon for for, for diesel, for diesel. Listen to me, it's only going to get worse and you need to protect what is yours by checking out Birch Gold. You need to go and see how you can protect your savings, which you've been trying to save up for your family, uh, your retirement funds, et cetera. You need to go, and it is super simple. All you got to do is text the word Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898 right now to get a free info kit from Birch Gold on how precious metals can protect your money. Free information is vital information, and that's why you have no reason not to text the word Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898. And so I'm curious, this is why I'm bringing this up. You know, I sound like a preacher on Sunday. All right, well, what's the point? Okay, here we go. Uh, Well, the point is, I'm curious how many parents are experiencing what my oldest son is experiencing right now. So for the past three years, so from third grade to now sixth grade, right? For the No, excuse me, that would be fourth grade to now sixth grade. No, right. What middle school? No, no, no. Middle school, sixth grade, but Mm -hmm. COVID was in 2020. That's one, two. Yeah. So from fourth to sixth, this is the third year. So from fourth grade to sixth grade. So the last two years elementary school, Gage did not have a normal situation. I mean, we already have, you know, our children in private school or whatever, but still, That's something that I didn't think about, right? Like, not only is he in a situation where he's in a, you know, a a homeschool hybrid, like co-op thing, but the past two and a half, almost three years of school haven't been normal, right? And so now that things are opening back up, the CDC has now come out and said, yeah, it's a cold. (laughs) It's a cold. Uh, If you're sick, you don't even have to like quarantine from people anymore. Just go to work. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. And, and so many people, I will say this, if you're a pastor or a church leader and you're listening to this right now, if you're a, if you're an American, which most of you are, and you've been affected by COVID, uh, you lost your job because you refused to take the vaccine. Uh, you get the government forced you to shut your church down, which I don't believe you should have done. Uh, the, the, the tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of small businesses that closed. I just want to personally say, thank every single one of you for holding the freaking line, man. I mean, you guys, held it down. I'm still a pure blood. That's how I'm now describing myself as a pure blood. And some people will find that offensive, even though I'm joking, but I'm also kind of not joking, but I am joking. Uh, You know, I read a horrible article this morning that the CDC is now reporting that 40%, 40% of pregnant women that took the Pfizer vaccine had miscarriages. Mm. 
And so I haven't verified that yet, but it was from live action. And so most of the time, live action, they're going to post pretty good stuff. They vet, they vet their stuff really well. And and it's just, it it is, we will look back 15, 20 years from now, they'll be learning about this in school, in the history books. And I think we will look back at it as one of the most insane things that has ever happened in our country. And in my opinion, from a Christian perspective, uh, one of the biggest failures of the church in recent memory. And, uh, but, but either way, back to the point, Gage starts middle school and now schools are like back to normal. So he has been thrusted into not only the radical change from fifth grade into middle school, which we all, well, you didn't homeschool over here. Didn't have to deal with it, but I did. All right. I deal. I dealt with real homeschool. I mean, real public school. <laughs> Sorry. No, I dealt with real homeschool. Yeah, Zach dealt with real homeschool. I dealt with real public school. Like I, I was, you know, so long story short, Gage had a really hard day yesterday. It was a huge culture shock to him, you know, having to change rooms, different teachers, um, every single one of his friends are not in his classes. Like, like they yeah. all like pass each other in the hallway and stuff like that. And, and, uh, you know, <laughs> it's such a fun one. I'm curious, the parents, are you guys experiencing the same thing as me? Those of you who have parents in the same age range, et cetera. I'm just interested, but, but for me, how do you deal with it? Um, I can only tell you the struggles that I have. And, and so many people look to us as having all the answers, but I can only tell you the struggles that I have. Uh, I struggle with um, being compassionate, but also uh, trying to prepare them for real society, right? Like, like, like there is that side of me that's like, dude, you don't even know what real school is. All right. <laughs> I came from public school. Like they were allowed, like, like people beat you up when they didn't like you back where I went to school. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like that was the way it was. Uh, when you got to freshman year of high school, seniors like chased you down in trucks kidnapped you and threw you off the bridge. Like where, where I was like, you know, like I come from, it's just a, it's, so there is that part of me. It's like, Hey dude, you got to grow up, man. Like, uh, I asked him, did you have a good day today? He said, no, it sucked. Exactly. <laughs> came out of his mouth. Like, you know, yeah. and then there's that fine line too, right? Like he's becoming a teenager. He's, you know, he, he's trying to figure out his emotions and all this stuff. So the original me would be like, what'd you just say? <laughs> you know, what, what, what was that? It's the tone, you know, the tones are yeah. wrong, but you got to give them some grace right? Because teenagers are walking psychopaths, okay? Because they are. They just are. And um, I I said, well, why is that? He goes, it wasn't any fun at all. And then my immediate just sarcastic reaction was, well, see, there's our problem. I asked you if you had a good day. I don't care if you had a fun day. You're in middle school now. Welcome to the real world. You know, he's like, he's like, we didn't have recess or nothing. I'm like, yeah, you're in middle school now. All that junk is gone. Welcome like, to the rest of your welcome life. Welcome <laughs> to real school. Like you, you are now officially entered in the gates of real school. And so anyway, we had to pray through it today. Uh, he didn't want to go. Uh, I had the brief moment where Alyssa talked to him and nurtured him for a moment. Cause she's an amazing, her heart is so big. Um, but then that ended up with him still in his underwear, not dressed and so then I have to come in and be like, look, dude, I love you to death. You don't get your butt ready for school. I will suplex you into the parking lot. 
you're going. <laughs> All right. Like, you know, and so I got to be like the rough dad. Anyway, uh, I'm curious. This that, That's my open for the show today is I'm curious. Back to school. Is anyone experiencing uh, the COVID related issues that I never even anticipated this yeah. one? Like, you know, it, it just hit me today. I was like, wow, like that really is a thing. You live three the past for two and a half school years in not real school. And then you get thrusted into middle school, which is another thing. And I know I'm going long in this open, but it's, it's your my, show. It's, it's my, your show. It's my show. We're going to do, do what, what you want, man. Uh, why do we not prepare our children more for the transition from fifth grade to middle school? You know what I mean? Like, like why, what, what why do we treat them Kind of the same way from kindergarten to fifth grade. You got the same teacher all day. You do your stuff. It's the same people in the classroom all day. And then literally middle school comes is like, bam, you got multiple classes. You got homework the first day. Uh, you got, you, you know, your friends. Yeah, you can see them from across the hall, but you can't talk to. I mean, you know. Yeah. Oh, no. Interesting. Maybe it's just things that we should try out. Okay. Believe it or not, we actually have a lot of stuff to talk about today. Um one, we got to talk about Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney goes down in a fiery blaze last night, her primary elections. Um, we've got to talk about um, this FBI raid and the link that I think it has with this new IRS thing because Biden signed that new inflation, whatever it is, act into law yesterday. And I believe that not only Americans, but pastors and churches should be more uh, afraid of this and more attentive to this than they are being. We've got to talk about um, uh, pastors speaking about pro-abortion from the pulpit. And then we're also going to talk about um, divorce culture now being attractive, apparently. Mm. And, and so I want to talk about all of these things. But before we do this, we've got to get into a sponsor. All right, guys, I used to be paying over 230 bucks a line for my AT&T service. And to be honest, I don't know why I was doing it. it, it maybe it was because it was just the easiest or maybe it's because it was all I knew. But I was paying 230 bucks a phone for a company that doesn't support my Christian values, doesn't support my American values. They just spit in the face of my values daily. So... If you're like me, why do we continue to do this? You need to go check out my friends at Pure Talk. All you got to do is go to puretalk.com and select the plan you want and enter the promo code G-R-A-H-A-M to save 50% off mm. your first month. We did the math the other day uh, for unlimited everything. It's like 58.50 a line. Like it's, it's ridiculous. And so again, stop paying for companies that spit in the face of your values. Go check out my friends at puretalk.com. Select your plan and enter the promo code G-R-A-H-A-M to save 50% off your first month now. All right. So coming back into it, one more story uh, before we get into the serious stuff. Uh, I have to tell you about how the Lord owned Alyssa. Just Ooh. straight up like she needs to repent for her massive sins, not only against me, but against men across the world. So, so against me too. Th well, yes, exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. She she just, I mean, and and look, I didn't, this wasn't me. The Lord showed me this in the Bible, okay? And I just happened to come upon it. And, you know, what are you going to do? So the other day we're talking, 
um, <clears throat> we're out with uh, her family, and I'm starting to get older, right? Really? Starting to get some gray hairs in the beard area. And so Alyssa has started this new thing where she'll like get super close to my face and she'll start trying to count how many gray hairs I have in my beard. And so the other day she starts going one, two, three, nope, too many to count, too many to count, just like that. And I was like, I was like, um, <clears throat> I said, well, yeah, you know, I'm getting older. Um, I think it looks good. Like, I don't mind it, actually. Um, and she goes, oh, no, 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 we're dying that. And I said, uh, nope, not going to dye my beard. That's what weirdos do and grunge singers. I don't do any of you those jet things. Black. No, no, I'm not doing it. And then she goes, <laughs> I said, I said, are you trying to tell me you don't find my gray hair uh, attractive? And she says something along the lines of, uh, she's like, I can't help it. You got bad genetics. <laughs> Ooh. Just like, just like that. Right. Like everybody in your car right now, you just went, Oh, <gasps> I know. And that's Savage. exactly the gasp that occurred throughout the entire group of people. And so, you know, I was joking, but I wasn't joking. You know me, I was like, well, you might as well leave me here. Just bury me in the back 40 right now because I got bad genetics. There's no point in wasting any more time on me. Um, anyway, but then the next day, the Lord spoke to me. <laughs> and yes, I'm kind of joking, but I'm not at the same time. So my one of my favorite Bible verses is Proverbs 16, 3. Com commit to the Lord, uh, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. But I just happened to glance over, <laughs> over to Proverbs 16, 31. Okay. I just full transparency. I ain't never read this verse in my entire life. Never, never have I read it. And <laughs> it literally says right here. And sweetheart, I hope you're listening to this. I really do. I'll send her the link. Uh, it's Proverbs 1631 for all you uh, false teachers living outside the will of the Lord right now, hating on your husband's gray hair. All right. Proverbs 1631. Gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained in a righteous life. Ha ha. Bam. The end. Hit the applause button. Jesus coming through with the words of the Lord. Uh, <laughs> I'm living a righteous life, apparently, because I'm graying faster. Does Alyssa have any gray hair? I don't know. She dyes her hair. I wouldn't. I, you know what? That's what we should do. I, I should say, lady, <laughs> you should no longer dye your hair the reddish tone, and we should find out if you got any gray hairs. And if you don't, maybe you need to repent a little bit. Maybe so, because the Bible mm. says gray hair is a good thing. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm joking, but not really. <laughs> all right, let's get into it here. So, all right, moving on to our topics for the day. Jurassic Park is in the news, and, and, and I found this interesting. Um, the, the, the title that gets you to click on, it says Bryce Dallas Howard. The chick in Jurassic uh, World. I I know some of you probably didn't realize who that was, but I knew it, I actually knew who that was. Of course you did. I never would have known if you would have said Bryce Dallas Howard. I'd have been like, okay, sounds like a baseball player. Wait, Even, you didn't know who she was? No, until oh. I saw the picture, I was like, oh, it's the chick from oh, Jurassic of, World. So of course I know then. Okay, Any, yeah, you would know the B list actor. Okay, she's not a B list actress. Anyway. She says uh, that she was paid so much less uh, than Jurassic World co-star Chris Pratt. Um, 
Now, the actual article just shows, yet again, Chris Pat is a good Christian guy. He tries to do the best he can in the corrupt world of Hollywood. Uh, she did get paid a lot less for the show, but then Chris Pratt, on her behalf, I'm summarizing, uh, got her a lot more royalty deals for attraction rides, merchandise sales, etc. She ended up making a lot more money, uh, blah, 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 blah. Chris Pratt's a great dude. But here, here's my thing. This isn't only a Christian talk show, if you will. It, it's, a, it's a realistic talk show. Chris Pratt is one of the biggest movie stars in the world right now. Just the way it is. Yeah, he's definitely up there right and now. And I understand that that there's a lot of women that are like, we don't get paid the same as men and stuff like this. But when it comes to movies, you've got the star, and I know that I know that you it's called co-star, but is it really but, but the co-star in Chris this, Pratt's in this gonna scenario? bring more people and more money than her. Yeah, well, right. Like people went to go see it because Chris Pratt is in the movie. Mm -hmm. Okay, let, you know, he is Star-Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy. Has you she know, been in Marvel yet? You know, well, well, right. And again, I'm not trying to make fun of this woman. And and this is just the, the mixed narrative that I'm trying to combat yeah. here. This is not misogynistic. They don't want to pay women the same as men. This is in this scenario, it's kind of like that comedian is like, can you move merch or can you not move merch? Like that's what it really boils Chris down Pratt to. Can move right? merch. Chris Pratt is moving some ticket sales. You know what I'm saying? And this chick, like I said, I don't even know who she was. And I'm not trying to like be mean to her. She's actually a pretty big actress. She ain't as big as Chris Pratt. Correct. Correct. She's not as big as Chris Pratt. Go ask an eight year old who Chris Pratt is right now. You got me. I, that's all I'm saying. I, you know, if, <laughs> if if 80 year old men and eight year old children all know who you are, you're doing, you're, you're doing really well in the thing here. And and, and so uh, this this is the narrative that we have to challenge. We have to challenge these things. Proverbs eighteen seventeen. I say this all the time. I, I'm going to get this like tattooed on me probably. Proverbs eighteen seventeen. The first person to state their case sounds true till somebody else comes and examines him or tells the other side of the story. Well, this chick's saying that she is a woman, so she's not getting paid the same amount of money as Chris Pratt, even though they're co-stars together. But the other side of the story is this chick ain't moving as many ticket sales as yeah. Chris Pratt is. And Chris Pratt is one of the biggest actors in the world, so his price tag is higher I mean, yours. I would say he's up there in the top five of male actors right now. Right now, yes, I would say right now, Chris Pratt is is. I mean, is up there. Jurassic dude. World, all the Jurassic List, World Terminal List, uh, Avengers. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, just yes. The answer is yes. Chris Pratt is up there. Everything the dude touches right now is a success. Terminal List. Everybody tried to cancel it because oh, they so said good. it's anti woke, but it has like. 1.8 billion streams on uh, Amazon Prime. It is now in their top three highest original shows of all time, and that's Reacher, Terminal List, and uh, uh, Jack Ryan, all of which are very anti-woke, very straight up. Yeah. You know, Chris, if just, you're listening, give us season two. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely doing season <laughs> two. Like, uh, there's no, there's no denying that at all. Um. Anyway. So again, I just, I don't believe these narratives. One, bravo to Chris Pratt for being a stand-up guy, uh, doing the right thing, uh, trying to make sure that his co-star is taken care of. 
I applaud him for that. And I'm not saying that these people shouldn't be compensated for their work. Mm -hmm. I would also say we're talking about millions upon millions of dollars. So there comes a bit of a shut up point to some of these people. She's doing a little bit well. better than I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. Either way, point is, it's not misogyny. It's not an attack against women. It is a... In the movie business, especially. It's just business. It's just business. This dude's one of the top stars in the world. People are going to the movie. Like, for example, Black Adam. It's coming out. The Rock's, you know, got this DC movie coming out. I'm not sure how excited I am for it. I'm just not really sure. I'm going to go watch it because The Rock's in it. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt because it's The Rock. It's like, all right, out of all the movies The Rock has made, two of them I hadn't liked. You know what I mean? And, and, and so I'm going to go <laughs> because that's just the way it is. Top Gun, good example. Could you have made a Top Gun without Tom Cruise? I mean, I guess so, but it wouldn't have sold as much. I, I don't think it would have sold. I think people would have revolted. Okay, yeah. so so for what's it? Oh, what, what's the other dude's name? Miles T Miles Teller? Oh, the young guy? Yeah, and then his name, Miles Teller. For Miles Teller to say it's not fair that I didn't get paid as much as Tom Cruise, that would be an idiotic thing to Everyone, say. He would have been roasted alive. There's also this girl in there. That There's two women, you know, the the love interest to Tom Cruise, and then there's and the also this female pilot. Yeah. Uh, if they said, yeah, uh, Tom Cruise got paid more money than we did, uh, this is misogyny. I bet No, it's not. Everyone would look at you and be like, uh... He's Tom Cruise. He's yeah. always going to get paid more than you. <laughs> he, no, well, it's not even that. It's like, uh, no, he's Maverick. The only reason people are going to see Top Gun is to see Maverick. Like, that's yeah. that's that's it. Like, that's all there is to it. And so they're, they're, they're even talking about Miles Taylor right now might have a spinoff uh, that will show, like, uh, spoiler alert if you hadn't seen it already, in that movie, uh, Maverick keeps him from getting accepted into Ooh. the Academy and all that stuff. And so they're talking about doing a spinoff showing that even though that might be great, it will not be as good as Top Gun <laughs> because oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? And so I think that'd be a good movie. <clears throat> this is the narratives that I just think that we need to combat against. Um, but either way, let's move on. Um, okay. What's next? Ah, Ooh. okay. This next one is, um, I really, really, really dislike having to challenge people from the pulpit. I really do. I, I don't, I don't like it. There's a couple people on YouTube that literally make their living <clears throat> challenging and talking crap about pastors. Okay. I believe there's a lot of pastors that need to be challenged. Do not get me wrong. But I also believe that there are people that are just looking all the time in three second clips uh, taken out of context versions of what they say, and they make a living out of roasting pastors. And I think it's, I think it's, I think it's ridiculous. But either way, <clears throat> uh, this one is uh, without a doubt. There's no defending what this guy says and what he does. So this is a pastor in Atlanta, Georgia. So literally like a hundred miles from us, which is crazy to think about. And you know, this appears to be. I don't know. I haven't seen their analytics or whatever, but this appears to be a predominantly African-American church. Mm -hmm. And this is what this pastor has to say um, in this uh, full context of this. This is a baby dedication. 
Like they're literally getting ready to bring babies on to dedicate them. He turns it into pro-abortion. And he turns it into a pro-abortion talk. You can't uh. make this up. Here's what he has to say. On women in this nation, I wanted us to stand resolvely to uh, say to this nation, if they were pro-life, there would be stiff, stricter measures about gun control in this nation. But I stand with now the living matriarch of the movement, Maxine Waters, oh, who gosh. said they have declared war on 32 million women in this nation. And one thing about a woman, when she is focused, she is not going to stop until she gets what she needs. Women have the right to have authority over their body, and it should not be legislated by men in Washington, D.C. What we are seeing uh, is racism rearing its head again. Uh, with this measure that has just taken place, uh, baby, black baby infant mortality is going to rise by 30%. What? Uh, and hence, we cover the lives of our mothers, of our pregnant mothers, and our unborn babies. We believe that children are the future. Uh, but we also believe that mothers have the right to elect where it is that they are in the season and the stages of their life. And they should not be criminalized for making decisions that, that will best suit them. We believe that children are the future. <clears throat> but, well, he says mothers should be able to choose uh, what point they are in life of whether, when and where they become mothers. Um, so this is a, I mean, this is a very big church. You can tell by the video. I mean, it's a very, very large congregation. This is a pastor preaching obvious false teaching, lies from the pulpit. First of all, lies. And this is just, th this, this goes along with my whole thing of how can you pastor effectively when you don't actually know what's going on and or information. First of all, this dude quoted Maxine what I got not like immediately you are discredited in, yeah. in my opinion immediately. Um, and, and so before I talk about this, I'm just going to talk about it right here. I mean, I really think that this one Bible verse, Jeremiah one, five. Okay. Here it is. Jeremiah one, five, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before I formed you in the womb. I knew you. What does that mean? That means that God knew <clears throat> that your mom and your dad, be it if they're the best parents or not. Yeah. God knew before the, I mean, this is a real show, right? Before the act of sex occurred and you were conceived in your mother's womb, God knew you and he knew that was going to happen. He knew the situations in which you we're going to be conceived in your mother's womb. Good, bad, amazing, not so great, one night stand, horrible act of violence, whatever it was, God knew you mm -hmm. before he formed you in the womb, okay? All right, we as people, we don't get to turn that around and fit that around. I mean, it's very clear. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Therefore, that means God 
knew exactly how you were going to be conceived, when you were going to be conceived, the moment it was going to happen. He knew who your daddy was. He knew who your mama was. And the same thing rolls over and over for them, their grandparents, their great-grandparents, their great-great-great-pappy, all of the above. He knew you before you even... He Man, it's powerful to think about it like that. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. So before you were born, a plan and a purpose was put on your life. How any pastor can combat that right there. You take something as powerful as before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I'm just saying it right now. There's no such thing as a pro-choice pastor. The end. That The end, and, and I know a lot of people will get mad. I've heard a lot of people get in trouble because they'll be like, uh, if you're voting Democrat, you're not a Christian. <laughs> and that's a little overarching. I know what pastors mean when they say that. They mean vote your Bible, Yeah. right? If you believe the Bible to be true, how can you vote for people that believe these things? That's what they were that was the intent. That's not how it came out. But either way, this man then goes on to say that men in Washington should not make that decision. Well, Amy Coney Barrett's a woman. Uh, she has multiple children. So I, I don't know how they get this men uh, made this decision. And then another thing, <clears throat> this that trying to make it racial. Okay, that's what I don't understand. And that's what I don't like. Racism is a political issue, right? Or is it not? See, here's the thing. Actually, racism is a moral issue. But that's in politics, right? People talk about that stuff in politics. Literally, like a war was fought over it. Legislation was formed, et cetera. And rightfully so. But the church stood stands in that because they deem that a moral issue, right? Racism is a moral issue. Yeah. And it is. But abortion is a political issue, right? And 99% of churches aren't going to talk about pro-life. However, churches are talking about pro-choice. It's interesting to me. Is it political or is it moral? Which one is it? 30% of black babies are going to die. Well, 100% of black babies that you choose to kill are going to die. So what are we talking about here? In fact, abortions predominantly affect more the African-American community. They get abortions more. So I don't believe those stats at all. I don't, even if that 30% infant mortality rate because African-Americans have less access to better health care, you're still saving hundreds of thousands of black babies a year by ending abortion. At what point, and, and here's a conversation that I've had with many people, and, and honestly, this is, this is a conversation I go back and forth a lot on. There's so many people that want to talk about... <clears throat> how we're supposed to, you know, we're not supposed to combat things. Well, first of all, let's talk about, we're not supposed to talk about political things from the pulpit. To my pastors out there, please email me. I am begging you guys to email me and come on the show. If you disagree with what I'm about to say, where is the line in which we stand as a church, where is the line in which we stand as pastors 
or you, excuse me, you stand as pastors? Where is the line in which you do stand for something? If it's not abortion, then where is it? If you have no problem talking about the heterosexual couple and the heterosexual white male that commits adultery, but you won't talk about the LGBTQ community from the church, why? Is it because you believe one is worse than the other, or is it, is it because you are bowing to woke culture of one over the other? You see, one thing that I've learned is nobody has any problem calling, <laughs> calling what I call uh, uh, the, the, uh, the usual suspect sin. And what I mean by that is lie, cheat, steal, commit adultery, right? Like yeah. kill, like kill, lie, cheat, steal, commit adultery. Like those are like the, the five like original gangsters of sin, right? You know what I mean? Nobody has a problem calling those out. In fact, you will literally point somebody right out. Some of you are committing adultery right now. Some of you are doing this right now. You need to repent and get your life right. You need to stop doing that right now. Now, because that is a sin, it is in the Bible, you need to stop. But, and you need to do it in love, don't get me wrong, but there are two, there are Christian, identifying Christian people right there with their homosexual partner sitting right there in the pews. Now, again, I'm not saying they're not allowed in there. Absolutely they are. But why don't you talk about that? That's my question. What's political? What's moral? What are we supposed to talk about? What are we not? We either believe all of it or we believe none of it. There is no middle ground here. So I found some things about confronting people because a lot of people will say, well, you know, Graham, you know, we're not supposed to confront people. We're not supposed to do no, that, confrontations do that biblical. kind of stuff. So this is Matthew 18, 15 through 16. And it says this. <clears throat> it says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. Okay, a lot of people will be like, oh, see, we told you. We told you if somebody commits a sin against you, or if you know somebody's doing something wrong, you're supposed to go to them, you and them alone, right? See, mm -hmm. people would be like, see, told you, Graham. Well, Proverbs 18, 17. Yeah, yeah that's right. Proverbs 18, 17. That, the first one to state his case sounds true until the other yeah. one comes to examine him. So the other side of the story of that is verse 16. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. In other words, we're going to call you out. And then I think it even goes, keep reading because I'm pretty sure it goes further. If like he if, refuses if, to listen to them, tell it to the church. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Thank you, Zach. I appreciate you. You're welcome. Very much. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. <laughs> and if he refuses to listen to even to the church, let it be, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Oh my gosh. 
The IRS. The IRS. Man, how the Lord works things together. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your beautiful word here. Man, that plays so much into what we're fixing to talk about, about the IRS and the church. You need to just, man, you need to wait. The Lord is working something right now in this message. Listen to me when I tell you some of this stuff. All right? These lies that we're believing, these lies that we're believing that we are not supposed to confront people. Not only is it not biblical, you're not living a life that you're supposed to live. James 5, 19 through 20 says this. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth. I wonder how many pastors right now are not only wandering from the truth, they're just completely skipping over it in general. Mm. Because they're worried about butts and seats instead of souls in heaven. Ooh, that was good. That was good. That was good. We need to write that down. Somebody uh, somebody quote that in your stories and tag me in it. We got too many pastors that are worried about butts in seats instead of souls in heaven. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, verse 20 says, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. It is our obligation as Christians. If you truly love somebody, you will call them out for what they're in, but in a loving way. And when you accept the mantle of Jesus in your heart, if you accept the mantle of I am a Christian, you have different standards of which you are supposed to be held to. And especially if you hold the, 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 the title of pastor, these are amplified times 100. Yeah. So you tell me in the Bible, I understand meekness. I understand in love, truth in love. I understand all these you things. You call out people while being meek. And Correct. Unless, as the Bible says, they don't listen. And if they don't listen, then you escalate. And if they still don't listen, then you escalate I mean, a little bit more. And there's a point with, within the church that you have church discipline, and this is very rare, but it gets to the point that if somebody's living an act of sin and they will not repent, you kick them out of the church. Well, but, but, but this is the part that I'm talking about here, is not only love the sin or hate the sin. I love that phrase. It's a cute little phrase. A lot of pastors have it. I literally just came up with a great phrase. Somebody's going to quote that. It's going to be on a meme. It's going to go everywhere on the internet. Too many pastors are worried about butts and seats instead of souls in heaven. See, that's a cute little phrase. Pastors do this all the time. Nuggets, if you will. Pastors do this all the time. They give you little nuggets, right? Little, little chunks of words put together that make you go, oh, nuggets. But at what point... Do we stop enabling the sin because we never, ever address it? And then at what point, pastors, Christians, churches, et cetera, at what point do churches that are trying to do it the right way, at what point do they also stand as loud and as boldly as those that are speaking out in false teaching and blatant lies and anti-biblical preaching? What point? That's my question. At what point do you stand? Because here's the thing. If I saw this video, 
That means it went everywhere. This man's false teachings went everywhere. Millions of people. Millions of people see it. And unfortunately, millions of them are going to agree because they think, oh, that's a pastor. If the pastor says it's okay to get an abortion, well, then it must be all right. That's why you go to the word. Where are you? Yeah, but but, but here's the thing. And, and, and I heard another pastor talk about this last night. There are people that are never going to step foot into a church. Mm-hmm. The end. The end. There are people that are never going to feel comfortable. They're never going to get it. That's just the way that it is. We can talk about the reality that we want to reach as many souls as possible where everybody can come to a church and have a community and live in faith and, 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 and you know, iron sharpens iron and groups and communities can live amongst each other and encourage each other one-on-one uh, in groups and families and raise children together, et cetera. But that's just not reality. There are people that will never step foot in church walls ever, but they will see a video on the internet. And we have so many churches that are missing the opportunities right now to combat against these false teachings, and they won't do it because they only use parts of the Bible. They only use parts of the Bible. They pick and choose what they want. They pick and choose what they want. Okay, we got to move on. (laughs) All right, real quick. I don't want to talk about it too much. Liz Cheney lost her primary last night. Cue the applause. Uh, Good riddance, chick. Um, The Clintons, the Bushes, uh, and now the Cheneys, and soon, hopefully, the Bidens, one by one, are starting to get out of our government. And speaking against government, let's talk about let's talk about the miraculous thing that just happened. Um, as I go back here, we were in Matthew eighteen. Matthew eighteen. So talk about calling people out. Let's talk about yesterday. Biden signed into law this Inflation Reduction Act, and in that. It provides funding for the hiring of 87,000 new IRS agents. Yay. So let's just read this whole passage again. Okay. Matthew 18, verse 15 um, through 18. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you've gained a brother. That's step one. Step two. But if he does not listen... This dude ain't listening. He's hard-headed. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. Escalation number three. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Woo-wee, I ain't never seen Jesus get so mad in my life except against some tax collectors. And now, here we are. We got 87,000 new IRS agents being hired. Why? Somebody posted a picture of the Oklahoma Sooner Stadium. And they showed it at capacity, 86,500 something. They said, more people than this are fixing to be hired in the IRS. Oh, gosh. Um. And there's already this lie that it's not going to affect the middle class, but <clears throat> there's already articles pointing out that that is not true. It's actually going to cost the middle class $20 billion more dollars. It is known 
that middle-class Americans that make anywhere between a hundred to $200,000 a year are the most audited people in the country. But last night it occurred to me <clears throat> why, and this is something now, this is just me. Okay. This is me. We see it all the time happening. We see this new narrative that is occurring. Just yesterday, I read an article. Now, I'm not Catholic. I don't agree with the Catholic religion, but they said the rosary is a sign of supremacy. Now, we already know, <clears throat> if you heard the episode with John Cooper, if you haven't listened to that episode, debunking white Christian nationalism, you need to go back and listen to that. Episode. But we already know that that is the new, oh, they're racist. Yeah. Oh, they're this. Any Christian that challenges stands up against what the church is teaching, what the government is saying. They're labeled a Christian nationalist because that's the easiest thing to do. We see these things unfolding before our very eyes, but yet we remain silent, yet we do nothing, yet we still just sit here. <clears throat> Why would Biden hire 87,000 new IRS agents? So I wrote this last night, not even really thinking about it. Sometimes, I mean, well, I, I do think about things when I write stuff, but, <laughs> but, but sometimes it takes on more power than I mean it to. And I, and I, and I believe the Lord has a hand in it. I really do. Uh, but I simply wrote this <clears throat> to pastors and churches, not paying attention to what Joe Biden just did last night. What makes you honestly believe that these 87,000 new IRS agents won't be coming after you. This is something that every Christian, every pastor, every church, and every American should absolutely be paying attention to. Church, pastors, Americans, middle-class Americans, the IRS is coming after you. They are. They are coming after you. There is... No other logical explanation for why they would hire 87,000 more IRS agents. Think about that for five seconds. 87,000. Hang on. Let's just, let's just look at this real quick. Let's just do some quick math. I mean, that's as if the entire city that we're in. Can you in look up hired. how many employees are in the IRS right now? So in 2021, the IRS had 78,000. So they're more than doubling. Okay. So 87 plus 78,000, 165,000 people. Let's just divide it by states. So that's 3,300 IRS agents a state. <clears throat> Why? Why would they be doing this? Why at the same time that they're labeling Christians uh, that are speaking out against government overreach, that they're labeling uh, pat Christians that are speaking out against pastors that aren't standing for biblical truths, that they're hunting down pastors that are speaking out for biblical truths. Do you really believe that these 87,000 new IRS agents, there's currently 78,000, they are more than doubling the amount of IRS agents that are in there. Do you really believe that they're not coming for you, pastors? Do you really believe that they're not coming for you, churches? Do you really believe that this is not going to be an open attack against the church? Do you really believe that none of this applies to you? And last but not least, do you really believe that you should still stay silent? 
How many more signs do we have to be given? There's an old comedian. Oh, I can't remember his name, but he always used to say, here's your sign. How many more here's your signs do we have to have? This is going to be an active attack against the church. Because the 501c3 status of churches, literally, if you apply for a 501c3, it literally talks about all the things that you can't talk about. I still believe, I've said it in multiple books, I'll say it in my next book, I believe the biggest mistake the church ever made was not living in faith on God. They left. They lived in faith on the government because they applied for a 501c3 tax-free status so they could keep all their money. I still believe that that's, that was one of the, again, one of the bigger mistakes of the church. But now more than ever, your church is going to be under scrutiny. Now more than ever, pastors are going to be under scrutiny. Now more than ever, middle-class Americans are going to be under scrutiny from the IRS. And my challenge to you, pastors, churches, Christians, Americans, whatever, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to let them bully you into a corner where you do exactly what they tell you to do always? Or are you going to stand firm? Are you going to stand up? These are questions that have yet to be answered and yet to be seen, to be honest with you. But these are questions that need to be asked because they're important. What are you going to do? Because those 87,000 new IRS agents, they're coming for you. All right, last but not least, we got one more thing to talk about. And this is culture here. So we've talked about... We talked about life. We talked about what's going on in the news. We talked about what's going on in the churches. This is culture. And I want to talk to you about this. So I saw this viral clip, <clears throat> um, and it's a podcast on Barstool. And it was uh, it's two females, and they're talking about something. So I'm going to play the whole clip, and then I really, I really want to talk about it here. So a guy's divorced, mm-hmm. and he's going on a date with me. Yes, and he doesn't know how to tell you he's divorced or he has kids. Like he, oh. said, he needs to bring it up to you. But to you, you're excited because you would love to be a stepmom to a divorced guy. He's nervous because he thinks it's a stigma. He thinks mm-hmm. it's a bad thing. That is the dream for me to find what? a divorced man with like a kid that's like four years old, split custody, great ex-wife. The dream. And it's so funny because it's all about perspective. (laughs) It literally is all about perspective because I feel like people, I feel like people would not like that because they think that there's a bad stigma around it. Like, oh, I'm going to be their second choice. Like, I don't get why people view divorce is not a bad thing. Okay. (laughs) So, um, all right, let me preface this. I realize that there are people who get divorces for real reasons. Okay. I'm not, this is not me divorce shaming anybody. I understand. Okay. Like, like there are things people are beat. People are uh, cheated on repeatedly over and over and over again, drugs, crime. There are reasons to get a divorce. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. Okay. This is not a, and for those of you who got a divorce because you just thought you could do better, I'm not shaming you either. Okay. But this is concerning to me. And the reason why is because now we went from divorce is a bad thing to divorce is acceptable in certain circumstances. Divorce is always acceptable. And now divorce is now attractive. 
Because now we have a generation of women who are growing up that want to basically <clears throat> get married. They want somebody, most of the time, these people that would be going on dates as divorced people with children. They probably have jobs, et cetera. They want to be able to live their life and not have to take on the real, um, you know, uh, uh, responsibilities of motherhood, et cetera. Um, and I just don't understand. And so the only Bible verse that I could find immediately about this was Romans 8, um, <clears throat> 5. And it basically just says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. So in today's society, we, we, we've, we've truly just set our focus only on the flesh. Hookup culture is real, and now divorce culture. Like, I knew about hookup culture. We've had those conversations with uh, Morgan Zeggers and Isabel Brown. Like, 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 we've had those conversations about hookup culture, but divorce culture? You know what's actually attractive? And, and look, I, I've already prefaced that there are reasons why. I'm talking about the 90% of other divorces you know what's actually attractive? Working your crap out. You know what's actually yeah. attractive? Staying in the arena, staying in the fight, and figuring it out. Choosing your commitment you made before God, whatever you believe, before God, the court, whoever it is, you made your, your commitment and your covenant before God. Choosing to fight it out and choosing to work it out because that is the way that it... Every DSM-5 manual in the history of the world, the best adults are adults that come from a home where there was a mom and a dad, and they were there. Not perfect, but they were there, and mm -hmm. they tried every single time. It is without fail, and I promise if some of you send me a message saying I had a mom and a dad and they sucked, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about... People that tried to do, that's a whole nother prayer issue for another time. I came from a broken home. I come from a dysfunctional family. I get it. But every psychology, every psychiatrist, every mental health person, period, will tell you that the greatest developed, the most developed humans on the planet are those that come from a home where the mom and the dad were there. They weren't perfect, but by God, they tried every single day. And here's another thing I know. This, this hookup culture, this divorce culture is based off of this lie that the grass is always greener on the other side. You know, if you want to use it in an analogy, you know, I'm not, I have like a black thumb. I'm not what you call a, a, a green thumb person. I don't even know how to make the grass grow. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even understand how it works. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I just don't. It's not my skill. Yeah. And those of you who know me that are listening to this, you're laughing right now because you know, I, I don't, I don't know. But a lot of times I think we look at the grass is always green. Man, I'm going straight preacher here, but just go with me. We always look at the grass that's always greener on the other side, <clears throat> but we don't realize the reason why that grass is greener on the other side. That grass is greener on the other side because those people that live at that house, they've taken time. They've taken energy. They've taken blood, sweat, 
tears, fertilizer, which is nothing but poop. They've done everything they can, spread it all over there. They worked on that grass to make it green, and your grass sucks because you are too busy focusing on the other yard instead of worrying about your own yard. The grass isn't greener on the other side. Well, the grass is greener on the other side, but it's only that way because you're too busy focusing on the other side instead of focusing on your own grass. Maybe some of you out there that are listening right now, you're having problems in your marriage. Maybe some women right now are looking for exactly what these women are looking for. You're looking for that divorced man who didn't make it work. And again, we've already prefaced, we're not talking about people that divorce for good reasons, because there are. We're talking about the other 90%, the real reasons why people get divorced, which nine times out of 10 is the flesh and selfishness. The end. I literally have had people in my life, and I know that some people aren't going to agree with this, but again, this is not me judging. This is just me saying my opinion. I just don't love them anymore, so I'm out. (laughs) You know how many times Alyssa's probably fallen in and out of love with me? She's probably, I don't know if she loves me today, right, this second, (laughs) you know? there's times where, man, I don't even want to look at her. And there's times where I'm sure she wants to bury me in the backyard. I mean, that, 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 what, what is, that's emotional immaturity. That's what that is. Marriage is about more than your feeling of love. I actually had somebody combat me on this. Well, not combat me. They dialogued with me. They're like, uh, you know, I don't like the way you said that love doesn't matter as much as I choose you. I, I think that love matters more. And I said, well, I didn't say, but this is me saying it back. I disagree. I, I, I do. I disagree. I think love is what gets you to a point to make the commitment that is so strong and so binding that when you don't feel love anymore, the commitment is what takes over. So that's why I always say I choose you means more than I love you ever will to me. Because do you know how many people get told that they're loved by somebody only for that somebody to get in a car and go straight to a hotel and hook up with somebody else? There's a lot of people who love you that don't choose you. There's a lot of you right now that are dealing with that hurt. There's a lot of you right now that are dealing with that pain. There's a lot of you right now that love somebody, but you are thinking about no longer choosing them. And I'm telling you that it is worth it. I'm telling you that this this culture of hookup culture, this divorce culture, it is through us devaluing, even if you're not a Christian, devaluing, devaluing the effects of the nuclear family on our society. My intention is not to convert you to Christianity today. Um, I can't hide it, though. I am a Christian, and I would love to talk to you about that. And and I would love for you to find a pastor. I'd love for you to find a church and I'd love for you to find the Lord in your heart. But if you're not that person and you're struggling with your marriage, one, I'm always going to tell you the way to save your marriage is to turn your marriage to God. But if you don't believe that, let me say it like this. If you believe our society is crumbling, look no further than the marriage you're struggling in right now. Because without the nuclear family, this country is dead anyway. Divorce culture is living in the flesh, not living in the spirit. 
And it is up to us to change how all of this stands. We have an obligation to fight back as Americans, as Christians, as pastors, as churches, etc. We hope that you loved this episode. If this episode has inspired you, touched you, changed your heart or your mind about things, share it with five people. Make sure to give us five stars and leave us a review. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And we'll see you all again next time.